0: greetings and salutations superstars come in get comfortable and take a little step into the past of us here uh maybe prepare yourselves for some warm fuzzy memories because we're about to get super misty-eyed up in here that's all right with you yeah yeah all right let's go let's go
1: Yeah my
0: don't mind me, I was just uh, writing Trip Fontaine and Sharpie on the hem of all of my knickers <laughs> drawing that one. <laughs> That's a film reference that only about 2% of you will understand, so I hope those, uh, that 2% <laughs> enjoyed that one. Um, that was Playground Love by Air, from the French duo's breathtaking original soundtrack to Sophia Coppola's The Virgin Suicides. And you're listening to Comics Youth Radio presents Lockdown at the Disco. This is the nostalgia episode where we're going to be talking about what nostalgia is, why it can be super comforting, and how sometimes, when used badly, nostalgia isn't always such a great thing. But we'll get more into that in just a very small while. As ever, we'd like to remind listeners that while every measure is taken to keep lockdown at the disco free of explicit language, that some songs features may still feature content that could be inappropriate for younger listeners. So parental discretion is advised. Um, Now, a little bit about nostalgia because before I came to record this episode, here today, I was thinking about nostalgia whilst I was eating my granola. I was having a coffee and I opened the window and I was looking out the window and I thought, do you know what? I haven't heard the seagulls screaming on my street for a while. And uh, if you had the the distinct pleasure (laughs) to talk to me (laughs) during lockdown, (laughs) you probably heard a lot about how loud the seagulls were screaming um it feels like a Hannibal Lecter lineup doesn't it can you hear them Clarice the seagulls screaming um oh my goodness you know my mind today is just on one but yeah so the the, the screaming seagulls and I haven't heard them for a while it's been a few weeks now I think they've maybe all moved to the city center now that things are back open again so they can feast on the daily scraps of fast food that are getting left out by all the drunks. Um, drunks drinking juice, of course. Um, but it's weird. And then, you know, I started thinking like, am I gonna next summer, when hopefully, touch wood, things aren't as bad as they were this summer and we have a little bit more freedom when not all locked inside our homes <laughs> for the foreseeable, Am I going to get nostalgic for those screaming seagulls? I don't know. I don't know. It was our first week back in the office at Comics Youth this week. We've been doing a few little days here and there to ease us back in. And um, I realised that I I felt really nostalgic for just six months ago. Like, that's never happened to me before. I've never had nostalgia. Like, such short-term nostalgia as that. And um, I'm seeing me fella for the first time in six months on Monday. And... Let me tell you, like I went out and I bought the perfume that I was wearing at the start of the year when I was seeing him a lot because it made me feel nostalgic <laughs> for earlier this year. And that is crazy. Like I can't get my head around that being nostalgic for things that have happened in the same year because they feel like an absolute lifetime ago. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm having a coffee. Um <laughs> Um, she's gone off on one again hasn't she? Um, anyway let's swing things back away from uh, Amy's meandering morning thoughts um, to the opening track from Air There um, and about the movie from which that soundtrack comes from uh, because The Virgin Suicides is a really special and lovely but very dark movie uh, that came out in 1999 uh, by Sofia Coppola Uh, And it's about a tragic set of sisters who are forced into isolation by their overbearing parents when they get scared of um, how the girls may interact with the world around them and how the world might swallow them up, really. Um, And the, the film was adapted from a spectacular novel by the writer Jeffrey Eugenides. Um, And the story is told from the perspective of the men who loved these young women in their youth. Um, You know, when they were all teenagers together at the same school and they would, you know, send Morse code to them while they were locked away in their homes. Um, And yeah, and these men like decades later are still mystified by the tragedy that happened to these young women. And they're heartbroken that they were these young women were never given the opportunity to grow and to flourish and to become and both the film and the book are set in the 1970s and so the story is incredibly nostalgic um as is the phenomenal soundtrack that air made for it there's this gorgeous dreamlike quality at play to the nostalgia in the virgin suicides um it's hazy and feverish um and so it never feels entirely real it's always this intangible thing that's almost in the distance like a set of clouds you know um and because of that the story talks about the darker side of nostalgia um you know i think we're all aware of how the past can bring comfort in different ways and elements of the past whether it be a film a book a scent a meal a song, um, you know, those things can bring comfort and take us back to a specific time and place which make us feel and re-experience pivotal times and moments but we have to be careful not to become trapped there, Um, we have to be careful not to be so consumed by that nostalgia that we forget to enjoy the present. Um, In The Virgin Suicides, the men recounting the stories of the ill-fated Lisbon sisters have lost themselves to this nostalgic fantasy of a group of young women who they didn't actually really know or understand. And it offers the reminder that nostalgia can be beautiful, but it can also be meaningless and destructive, as in when it fixates on people or a time which never really existed in the way that they're being remembered. Um... Nostalgia is at its most powerful when it reminds us of where we've been while also acting as a focus by which we can be guided into the future and another terrific film which I think demonstrates this idea perfectly um and unexpectedly (laughs) is Homecoming uh, a film by Beyonce um Essentially, the film is just her entire live show from her 2018 Coachella performance, uh, aka Baychella, Um, and it's intercut with intimate scenes of her developing the show and rehearsing it, well, balancing the roles of being a wife and mother alongside it, but there's a lot in the movie regarding how her looking back on her career and her life and reflecting on it um, particularly in regards to this monumental performance, you know, and how has she gotten to this point? And where is she aiming to leap into from this point? You know, what's in the future for Beyonce? Like she's somebody that always has an awareness of the past and who celebrates the past, but with this clear eye on the future and with what she wants to take from the past into what she wants to achieve in the future um and homecoming is a film that's rich with nostalgia in that way like it properly drips with it um and yeah just beyonce drawing power from the past in order to propel herself to greater things in the future that's a mood uh folks like i think we can all take a lot from that so let's do it this is crazy in love uh by beyonce from homecoming you ready? Let's
1: go get on it. Call your name two, three times in a row. Such a funny thing. Talk to my friend so quietly Who Look what you did to me Tennis shoes, don't even need to buy a new dress You ain't there, ain't nobody else to impress. press It's the way that you know what I thought I knew The beat in my heart's is when I'm with you I still don't understand Just how feel I could do no one else can
0: crazy in Love" by beyonce taken from the live album for homecoming and following that was kids by mgmt and both of those tracks were requested by tom and irish river i have completely forgotten what your real name is irish river so apologies that i'm using your discord handle um and they are from our safe spaces group here at comics youth um and they picked them because these songs make them feel nostalgic um in some way um and MGMT's Kids is such an interesting song as well I think. Um, In an interview with Time Out London, the band shared that their motive and mentality for writing the song was very much centered around the idea of nostalgia and they said that at the time that they wrote Kids they were just happy-go-lucky going crazy on campus but at the same time we were nostalgic for childhood and there was the threat of post-college life coming end quote. Um, And I always loved the music video for this song and the quote that begins it, which is weirdly attributed to Mark Twain, even though it's a Nietzsche joint, y'all. And it's that classic quote of, beware that when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Um, And I guess that's a quote that can be applied to all sorts of monsters right now. You know, it's like how Fiona Apple says it, that, uh, you know, when you take on hatreds, you become just as lowly as the people who deliver hatreds. And yeah, like those monsters, real and imagined, gigantic and banal, everyday monsters. Um, And it applies particularly to those monsters that we might face when peeking into our own past you know I think all of us have a little something that we don't particularly want to check onto the bed for um from our past um but we all have it we all have that thing all those things um that can make it difficult to find nostalgia sometimes you know because sometimes that nostalgia hurts you know um but the other thing that I love about kids is that it's a both a song about nostalgia But it also evokes a certain amount of nostalgia when you hear it too. You know, it's definitely a song that takes me back at least to a specific time and place whenever I hear it. Um, You know, hearing it reminds me of dancing very late at night and of working very early in a cafe the morning after. Um, It reminds me of uh, a waning summer sun and it reminds me of things that became hazy and lost um, you know, in a kind of throbbing, fading heat. Um, and this next song is uh, kind of the same on that vibe, you know, it's, uh, it is full of a very literal, intense, romantic nostalgia, but it also serves um, a very literal sense of nostalgia. Um, and I know that I'm not the only person who feels this way about this particular track. Um, that whenever I hear it, I can hear the laughter of friends from a certain time and I can feel the exact dance moves I throw out to it and the floor that I drag them out on. You know, I can feel the crowd around me and the bittersweet ache of youthful heartache. Um, it's, oh, this song is just phenomenal. It is nostalgic and it invokes nostalgia and I think it's just absolutely perfect. This is the knife with heartbeats. Die Anywhere Else by Alec Haloka and it's taken from the soundtrack to the amazing indie game Night in the Woods and that track is one of the tunes that you're given the opportunity to clumsily play on bass as lead character May Um, and it's a real touch of genius with that game that every song that you play on it is engineered for you to play badly like you cannot get a perfect score like (laughs) you just can't you can't do it. Um, and it's made so that you, you miss notes and beats, you can't keep up with it the way that you're meant to. Um, and so in doing that and, you know, playing along with these tunes and doing kind of sucky at it, um, makes you really understand and feel the character's frustration and distress and that feeling of, oh no, oh no, oh no, I've fallen behind, like, I'm hitting all the wrong notes. Um, you know, as so many of us often do in life, <laughs> um, Night in the Woods is an incredible game. It's one of my absolute all-time faves, and it's a big, big favourite in the Comics Youth office, um, and it makes me sob my heart out every time I play it. I know that every episode of this show is like, ugh, what's Amy going to talk about now that's made her cry? Uh, well, let me tell you, this game makes me cry. Um It's... Guys, I mean, it deals with so much, like, it has so many layers to it, you know, it's got great, uh, it's got great queer stories in it, it's got great stories about mental health, but it's also got a lot in it about, um, the dangers of nostalgia. Um, it, uh, basically follows a troubled teenager, May, as she returns to her hometown of Possum Springs after dropping out of university. Um, and on the one hand, May needs to deal with a traumatic incident from her past, but she is understandably struggling to. Um, and on the other hand, the small town that she's returned home to is a place that is desperately clinging onto the past. Um, you know, it's clinging onto a faded history and some former glories. Um, of the town rather than focusing on the issues that are preventing Possum Springs from moving forward and remaining a place where people can happily work and live. Um, Night in the Woods is about a lot of things you know a single deep dive into this game can uncover all sorts of incredible depths and meaning. Um, there's a lot of like kind of uh unresolved mysteries you know which I love like it's that David Lynch thing of leave people with questions let people find their own answers and it's got so much stuff like that in it um but I'm just so fascinated about what the game has to say about the dangers of nostalgia when it becomes all-encompassing like how can we possibly move forward if we continue to only allow ourselves to live in the past And I think the reminder that Night in the Woods serves up so perfectly is that this attitude can be especially dangerous when it's applied by and to a physical location. You know, a large amount of patriotism exists solely around nostalgia, you know, with people clinging on to the perceived former glories that a location enjoyed at some point in the distant past. And the thing is, that kind of nostalgia is an absolute fallacy as well. You know, that kind of nostalgia is often fixated on a former glory that never actually existed. Um, The things that people like this are often proud of came at a high cost to human life and freedom, and things that people conveniently ignore while they're lost in the warm glow of remembering. Um, You know, often those memories and that nostalgia is built on a lie or even about a time that the person wasn't actually alive to experience firsthand you know i think we're seeing a lot of that not just in this country we're seeing it in the u.s and um you know it's kind of just popping up as an ideology like across the world and it's it's a little troubling let's be honest you know it's a it's it feels like a very right-wing ideology you know of uh a time before, you know, uh, anybody that isn't white, says gender, male or heterosexual, uh, <laughs> had, had rights, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's try not to live too deeply in the past and try and fix issues in the present, shall we? And try and look onto to a, a hopeful and positive future. But, you know, it's also understandable, right? Like, Sometimes it can be easier and more fun to live in the past and So wonderful and cathartic, especially as he lose ourselves in an era Which we may not have even been alive to experience ourselves, you know So maybe we didn't get to see the reality of that time or that place um, And so it just makes it a little bit more of an escape when we get to interact with it at a safe distance um, So how about the 80s? Should we pop there for a while? Okay, Mm. we kind of will. We kind of will. We kind of will. But kind of not as well. Tasty synth Triple Bill started with title uh, by Disasterpiece from David Robert Mitchell's Strange Nostalgic Horror. It follows. And very aptly following that was Hanging Lights by Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein of the band Survive. And that's taken from the super nostalgic 80s genre show Stranger Things. Um, and finishing that magnificent trio is the main title from John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13, written and performed by John Carpenter himself. And I'm playing those three first and foremost because they're all rad, um, but also because our culture has become completely infiltrated by this persistent nostalgia for the 80s. You know, you can see and hear the influence of the 80s on screen and in music and in fashion you know, more so than any other decade as well, I'd say. Um, but it's everywhere. And it's been this way for, like, m- more, I'd say in the past 10 years. Maybe, like, in the past six years, it's kind of grown momentum. But, like, it's been coming in. And it has not faded. And it's just gotten bigger and bigger, this uh, this 80s throwback. Um, and John Carpenter is a phenomenal independent filmmaker who has made such amazing genre films as the thing they live escape from new york uh, with my boy kurt russell shout out um, and halloween with my girl jamie lee um, i'm so sorry <laughs> um, and john carpenter managed to crack the mainstream despite the fact that he has a very diy ethos and a distinctive scrappy and dark perspective And his DIY scores, which he would make himself on his own synthesizer, so he could, you know, set the atmosphere for the stories he depicts and not have to rely on anyone else to do that. Um, They've proven to be some of the most influential film scores of all time. Um, And those two tracks from Stranger Things and It Follows, uh, though they hold up as powerful pieces that deserve to be celebrated on their own terms and for their own merits are heavily indebted still to the work of Carpenter. Um, And they certainly hit uh, particular beats and vibes that feel intensely nostalgic for his music and the atmosphere that they evoke. You know, I think there's something in the phrasing of them. um, Carpenter would leave space for a theme to breathe. You know, like his music licks. (laughs) licks <laughs> like it peeks behind a door, right? Yeah, you, you know, and melodies kind of creep inside your head. Um, and I think those themes from Stranger Things and the follows had do a great job of doing the same thing and just like kind of get under your skin. Like they take their time. Um, and I love that. I love that so much. Um, I was raised on Carpenter's films um and so I find a great deal of good memories and nostalgia in his music and his images and the spectacular worlds and characters that he's helped to bring to life over the years um which is to say like John Carpenter feels like home to me you know like he's one of those people like he just feels like home um and to see and to hear so many other artists for whom his work also brings nostalgia developing new material that riffs on his vibes brings me so much joy like nostalgia is wonderful on an individual personal level but it can be powerful um and soothing um like in that way but also like as part of a community you know when you can enjoy that nostalgia with other people, like with people that you love or with people that you don't know that well, you know, there's pure power to that. There is something really, um, it brings people together, that idea of, hey, I love this. It reminds me of this. And somebody else going, hey, me too. Like that was also my childhood. And that was also where I was at at this time. And that's why I love this. Um, Like that's beautiful to me, you know? I think it it kind of reminds you that you're from something you know Um, and we're all from something and that we share these common paths Um, and the world just continues to create and to spin from these ideas and these creations and into huge great things you know Um, stuff continues to evolve and that's really exciting. Uh, Carpenter's films in music you know they're very textured and provocative of a particular era Um, and though it's one of the most copied sounds in modern music I would say it has yet to be successfully replicated and I guess that's kind of the thing with nostalgia you can't replicate it you know you can try but nothing beats the original you can't you can't get the original you know it can't be photocopied Um, so this next tune that we're going to play for you now, uh, was a nomination from Lucas M in our Safe Spaces group, um, and he says that it's one of those songs that was always played in the car when he was little, so it's just a really nice track for him to listen to. Uh, so this is, uh, Somewhere Only We Know by Keane.
1: by the river and it made me complete a oh, simple thing where have you gone I'm getting old and I need something to rely on so tell me where you're gonna let me in I'm getting tired and I need somewhere to be
0: um oh I love that song so so much um I've listened to that song far too many times this past year and I'm not entirely sure why but um it's a song I never really oh by the way that was the suburbs by Arcade Fire before I go off on one um When that album came out, I don't remember being very into it, even though I loved Arcade Fire. And I was really, I really enjoyed Neon Bible and I loved their debut album, Neighborhoods, which was incredible. Um, But for some reason, the suburbs uh, really passed me by. And in this past year, I've just delved back into it. And that song especially, like the whole album's wonderful, but there is something about that song that I think is just so special. And how it talks about the past and kind of digging up the damage of the past on many l- levels, you know, kind of looking at family life and looking at um, your local area and how so much changes, you know, when it's like reevaluating where you are now and where you've come from. Um, and Arcade Fire, I think, are uh, in general a great band. Uh, in terms of nostalgia and the things that they do with nostalgia, their first album was full of tracks that explored nostalgia and memory, and this idea of um, kind of recounting the traumas of uh, of growing up. You know, uh, it's a phenomenal album, and the suburbs is kind of like a sibling to that album. It's uh, also about growing up, but as an adult. I think you know and being an adult who is perhaps you know starting a family or is just suddenly realizing like wow like i am the age that my parents were when they had me and what am i doing like where am i in my life and taking stock of that and you know kind of being nostalgic for a time but also thinking like well what am i doing now what can i do um, and there's a certain darkness to the suburbs I just love I know that everything that I've played today has been like such a dark vibe that's just how I am honey <laughs> I mean listen to me the state of me of course I'm into that um but yeah I can't recommend it enough it is so good so so good and so dark um am so nostalgic weirdly nostalgic Um, And that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. Um, I can't believe we're up to episode 17. Isn't that wild? I think that's absolutely wild. Um, So next week, we have an exciting theme on the go on Lockdown at the Disco. And uh, next week's episode is going to be about space. Uh, So we are going to be talking about our favorite bits of trivia about space and the universe and we'll be talking about why we're still so fascinated by it and maybe our fave pop culture uh moments um you know our favorite films, TV shows, books that explore outer space. Um and of course, we'll be playing a lot of jams that explore uh, the cosmos and the universe and stars and planets, um, you know, stuff like Space Oddity by Bowie. You know the score. You know the songs I'm looking for. So if you have anything that you want to request for that, get in touch with me, uh, your friend Amy Roberts via amy at uk. My goodness, that dramatic gasp then. Did you hear that? <gasps> I felt like, um, before I wrap this episode up, I became obsessed when uh, when Muse first came out because, uh, and I, I couldn't listen to them anymore for this reason, because I realised that the singer Matt Bellamy, is he called, every line that he sang, in between every line, he'd go, <gasps> um, and it, I just did not like it. It made me panic. <laughs> it was like, why is he gasping for air? Can someone teach him? How to sing properly without, like, damaging his lungs. Um, <laughs> There's a technique. Sing from your diaphragm, Matthew. Sing from your diaphragm. My goodness. Um, so, yeah, this has been uh, episode 17 of Lockdown at the Disco with me, your host, Amy Roberts. Um, and, yeah, so next time we'll going to be talking about space. And until then stay safe and stay sassy and remember everything is not cool but it can be um and in the meantime don't be afraid to just dip back into a time when maybe everything was cool at least for you on a personal level there's no harm in that enjoy yourself enjoy it step back step back maybe with the boys of summer how about that (laughs) Until next time, pals. Bye.